in this episode, we're going to be talking about pelvic pain. Ow! I barely did anything yet. Ah! It's okay, Nick. I'm here for you. Oh, Andrew, thank God you're here. Ow! Nick, I'm here for you. Andrew Steinberg, Leanne, and welcome to another episode of Have, Have the, the Balls, balls to, to Talk, talk about, about It. So today we are actually have a guest, our first guest of the uh, of the series, and we're here with Leanne Vicobellis, a colleague of mine who's a specialist in pelvic floor physiotherapy. So we're going to start by finding out what a pelvic floor physiotherapist does. Great. So um, I specialize in the muscles within the pelvis, so the pelvic floor musculature that you see over here. And we essentially look at all the dysfunctions and we treat them like we treat any other muscle. The only difference is that they're not as easily accessible and they're a little bit more difficult to, to evaluate and assess. What are the top you know, three or four illnesses that you treat in, uh, in men or women? I would say most of the people who come are women. They're generally more susceptible to getting uh, more injuries. They have more risk factors, such as giving birth being the, the main one, also aging and menopause. However, I do see quite a bit of men who um, either had prostate cancer and had their prostate removed and are left with urinary incontinence or other issues. And often um, men keep a lot of their tension in their pelvic floor muscles, which could lead to um, having more tone in their pelvic floor and often refer symptoms in that area or anywhere along the inner thighs or the lower back. Uh, more, well. more tone, what does that mean? More tone meaning that the muscles are tight. Just okay. like any other muscle in your body, these muscles can either be a little bit more relaxed or they could be a little bit more tight. How does somebody have more tight or less tight? What does that depend on? It depends, does it depend on like physical? Mm -hmm. Like if you train, you'll, they'll be tighter. Is it stress? What, what causes? So some people tend to compensate in certain muscles when they, for example, have a, you know, a poor posture or they'll mm -hmm. just be in a state of like more stress and anxiety. So some people will hold their tension in their, for example, in their traps or in their shoulders. Others mm -hmm. will hold it in their jaw and quite a few people hold it in their pelvic floor. So this, for example, would be a type of population that, that would be more susceptible to having pain in this region. And, and then we talk about pelvic floor. What do you what does it mean exactly? Like what area? Like you're holding yes, obviously a women's one, but is the men's the same? Yeah. Same muscles or? This is a female model yeah. of the pelvis. Okay. And so it's actually very similar okay. for men. We have the um, iliac bones over here in the hip and these tie in at the front and form the pubic bone. And so we have in the back what uh, we call the sacrum and the coccyx, also known as the tailbone. And so between the pubic bone and the coccyx and the sacrum, we have all the muscles of the pelvic floor. So the three layers of musculature that lie kind of like a hammock in between these two structures. So what you see here is the urethra and the vagina. For men, you would have the penis coming out of the structure and all the other muscles are essentially the same. So when men get stressed, all this cramps up? Exactly, there's like a muscle spasm, um, kind of like a dog who's scared and tucks in their tail okay. in a oh, state cool. of you know panic or stress. Very similar, we often keep our tension and our stress in our pelvic floor as well. 
And this can affect urination, defecation, erections, Absolutely, everything, everything yeah. in the area. So what's interesting is that generally men will feel symptoms along all the path of this region. So it could be along the, the urinary function. They would have more frequency and urgency or more difficulty voiding. It could be along um, you know, the saddle area in between the testicles and the sacrum, the perineal region, and it could be the rectal area as well. So it can definitely affect any one of those structures. Could affect the men's sexual performance? Absolutely. So when the man has an, er an erection or has an ejaculation, that is a pelvic floor contraction. Okay. And so if there's a dysfunction along these muscles, so for example, if there's more trigger points and areas of constriction, okay, that could reproduce their symptoms. So this can often trigger or set off some of the symptoms that they're going to have. I think that brings us to a good uh, point now of talking about uh, pelvic pain. Okay. So when, uh, which is a which is a can of worms, and we're obviously just going to mm -hmm. touch on it, uh, that you know, just skim on the on the top today. But when men have pelvic pain, uh, women also chronic prostatitis. Sometimes we call it chronic pelvic pain syndrome. Yes. Uh, they can have symptoms along this whole mm -hmm. this whole system, and and there's often overlap. And uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So generally, those people will go see their GP or go see their urologist and complain of all these symptoms of having, you know, either numbing or jabbing pain or um, pins and needles along this genital area. And they'll do all the testing that I'm sure. Yeah, because they, they think they have sexually transmitted disease. They what, think yeah. they have a prostate infection. They think exactly. they have prostate cancer, rectal cancer. Once uh, those results come back negative, and they come and see us, we can almost always find the pelvic floor muscles being the culprit of these symptoms. And the reason for that is because often enough, we find that the muscles are tight, either generally or in, more, in one particular region. And so one of the symptoms that they're gonna complain the most of is they, they won't be able to, to sit as long because essentially when you're sitting, you're putting pressure along all of these structures. And that can also compress the nerve in the area, which can generate symptoms anywhere along the nerve. So as you can see in this pelvis, actually, the nerve can divide into different branches. So in the pelvic area, it goes into these three branches, which is why the, you know, the man can complain of symptoms going anywhere along the path of the nerve. It's interesting because 10 years ago, we didn't think this. And all these symptoms, we would yeah. say it's, it's prostatitis infection and then we treat patients with antibiotics and they wouldn't get better yes. and antibiotics and they wouldn't get better and mm -hmm. um, and then there was this movement coming from the states actually what what uh, led me to it is i read a book called headache in the pelvis and they talk about this whole uh, from started in one center in the states and it, and it grew and now it's become really the norm for yeah. to move away from antibiotics thinking that this is an infection to more pelvic floor dysfunction and now they're starting to get trained so many great pelvic floor physiotherapists mm -hmm. uh, who are dealing with this problem and actually we're seeing success as opposed to having these patients who are suffering for years because we were misdiagnosing them essentially. Yeah, it's very new. It just started less than 15 years ago. This yeah. is all so new and we're still learning so much every day. So um, for people watching, um, what point do you see a doctor? Mm -hmm. like at what point is there a red flag where I got to get checked for something? Like at what point? Do I go, okay, I gotta call my doctor because at what point is it serious? If you feel any numbing or any shooting pain going down into the area and it's 
you know, happening for a few weeks, don't wait until it becomes chronic. Uh, the longer you wait, the more difficult it is to treat. So go inquire, make sure it's not anything serious. In most cases, it's not. People who have a chronic prostatitis with the infection, it's I think 3% or it's very little of the, the people who actually, you know, have the infection. And to let's say, make it better? Is it through medication, through exercises, through yeah. what do you, how do you help? You know, that's an interesting question. It's really a multidisciplinary approach. And the reason why is because when the man starts feeling these symptoms in this area, automatically there's a sense of panic, especially if it's affecting your sexual function. And the catastrophization of pain will arouse the central nervous system. And so that'll lead into a vicious cycle of getting more pain and feeling more anxiety and more stress. And often that could be the trigger to bring in your pain in the first place. So what the pain initially started as, you know, can lead into something different, which is why we really like to work with a doctor and with a psychologist, pelvic floor physical therapist as well. There's a team of people to address the issues individually. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a vicious cycle and these, these mm-hmm. people are often suffering. They start to think about it often. Erectile dysfunction always follows. I mean, almost all these patients have some degree of erectile dysfunction because they're thinking about it, they're concerned, they're bothered, they're worried. So I agree, the multidisciplinary approach to see a doctor, if your family doctor can handle it, or, or a urologist, a, a physiotherapist, right. a sex therapist is often necessary. And, and even and, and in terms of the specialists to see, but even the treatment is multidisciplinary. Yeah. Often these patients end up going on antidepressants, uh, pain medication, oh. medication erectile dysfunction in conjunction with the... Uh, the uh, pelvic floor physiotherapy. And I think for them, just being reassured and understanding what's happening, that they're not crazy and that there's nothing, you know, there's nothing dangerous or life-threatening to them. And it's as simple as bringing more awareness of your pelvic floor and being mindful that they're there, paying attention throughout the day, doing these simple exercises to release the tone. And by doing that, you know, it brings them a lot of relief and understanding of why they're getting all of these symptoms. So I guess we have to do another episode <laughs> on exercises for them. Okay, sure. <laughs> we can kind of delve, you know, we can talk a little bit about them if you like. Awesome. So Leanne, tell us a little bit about how you, how you work with a patient or a typical session would go. So... When the client comes in, we're gonna look at many different things. And part of those things is looking specifically at the muscle. And so during the assessment, we're gonna go see for what the tone is like, what the endurance of the muscle is like, what the strength is like. Is there a good capacity to relax? How's the coordination? Is there any awareness of this muscle at all? Is the person able to engage and recruit these muscles? And based off the evaluation, we're we're able to design a better treatment intervention, which would consist of you know, looking if there was any trigger points along which of the muscles, which path, and we're going to base it. T- tell us what yeah. a trigger point is. I don't need to... Uh... So it's an area of constriction and that could, you know, reproduce some of the pain when it's touched. Mm-hmm. And so we have different techniques of, you know, get a re- getting rid of those trigger points. So we do a lot of work on the muscles, on the connective tissue, myofascial work, and we really try and normalize tone in the area and allow the muscles to go back to their original resting position. We want to restore function. That's what our bodies are meant to do. Right. So we have to guide them and lead them into getting that, you know, that relaxation and teaching them how to do that through sure. different exercises. Yeah, I see some of these patients after they've seen you and they've come in and, and they say that you, in the exam, you, you, you touched on a point physically and it just shot them through the roof Mm -hmm. and they can see exactly where that that 
can, sensitive areas where you work yeah. on. Can somebody do this at home? Like meaning, can I physically mm -hmm. do these exercises on self, my own? Self-treat? Self-treat yeah. or... That's the goal. That's the idea. These things take time. They don't go away within a day or two. People have had pain for years and you can't expect for it to go away. And that's another thing that I try and, you know, tell my clients that... You're not going to get a therapeutic effect. You know, it's not black and white. There's mm -hmm. a lot of gray. Mm -hmm. And sometimes setting short-term objectives, like being able to sit for a longer period of time, you know, that's going to be one of our goals. And the idea is that I want to give you the tools to be able to do this at home on your day-to-day -day because it needs a lot of repetition. It's not just one visit every week or twice a week that's going to be able, you know, to get to where we need to be. It's very important so, that patients understand that because yes. they think it's like a... A bladder infection where they come in, take pills for three days, and they're, and they're done. It's not. It's chronic pelvic pain. Exactly. It's, and I need the collaboration between, you know, myself and the client. Yeah. I need them to do their part and to be as much of a part of this as we all are. The other frustration which I see in the patients, which you probably see also, is that there's no tests that show this. It's mm -mm. not, it's not a, an x-ray or a CAT scan that shows that you have chronic pelvic pain. So... When they come from their family doctors, usually they're told, oh, it's in your head, it's in your head. Mm -hmm. But they, they, patients like to see something. And when we, when we do tests, because patients insist on it often, and we show nothing, they're like, you know, we're missing something. Yeah. There's something else is going on. And you have to also help them through the fact that, like a headache or a migraine, you don't see it on a scan, it's but it's there. We believe you. Yeah. We know it's there. And we need to treat it and you need, yeah. you need to be patient. And that's exactly what it is. If you have tension in your upper neck, it's gonna, it might cause a cervicogenic headache and it might you know, go in and cause a migraine or a headache. And so if you have these trigger points and these areas of tightness inside the pelvic floor, that could lead into referring symptoms that generate right. in the pelvis. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same. Perfect example. And it, and it takes time. It takes time. Relax. Mm -hmm. We're going to work with you. Yes, be patient. And be patient. That's, I, I always end up the conversations repeating it. Be patient. Mm -hmm. Be patient. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, leave them in the comment box. Leanne, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Make sure to go visit my website, nickjosos.com. Uh, and mine, or make sure to come visit me. But you can find me on my website, steinbergurology.com or at steinbergurology on Instagram. And as well, guys, don't forget, have the balls. <laughs> I lost my balls. Yeah, you can use this one. I have the balls one. to talk about have it. I have the pelvis to talk about it. I have the pelvis to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs>